We don't even fucking need him. It's an absolute joke, to be honest, isn't it? It is an absolute joke. It's like he has held the veil over our eyes for so long, acting like he's some mastermind, you know, setting up these meetings and editing the show. But he gave all his power away. He taught me how to edit, which was nothing. And now we're sending each other Zoom invites like it's, you know, like it's our job. It, it did take us like 10 minutes now to work out how to do it, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we needed him then. We don't now. And exactly. he's, he's out. Ayatollah. I mean, I don't know how he's, it's come to this, really. We've toppled Saddam Hussein, haven't we? <laughs> do you know what's wrong with him? Uh, I think he had a heavy weekend. He's not feeling himself, the poorly boy. Oh, yeah. They went down to the farm. They did. He was all right yesterday, though, sending pictures and things of, like, nice beaches and things. So I don't know what's wrong with him. Oh, they went to the beach as well? I think so. I've got a photo of a beach. I don't know if he just got it off a postcard or something. Damn. That is a big weekend. Like... I haven't been down there. We're talking about Whitcomb to anyone that doesn't know. And yeah, I haven't been down there, but I've seen the hills and photos and I've heard the stories. You don't, there's recovery time involved in going down there on the, on the mildest of occasions. He did say that it is very hilly. And I don't know much about his, uh, his, you know, training curriculum. But I'd say it's probably not there. Well, it's like it's like I used to run for a running club and they didn't know I smoked, but like everyone else would be warming up. I'd go and hide round somewhere and I'd I'd warm my lungs up with a cigarette light before a race. <laughs> I can't breathe, I need a cigarette. Yeah. Well he didn't smoke, but yeah, that I don't know, it just looks especially in the summer, it's probably really hard to get around there and and then go to the beach and then stay the night and then play more golf and then pack up your tent and then drive home. With copious amounts of alcohol, I'm guessing, as well. And we know Duffy can't drink as well. That's that's a big thing as well. He can't drink, Josh. I was going to say, he might have had like three beers over the weekend, so no wonder he's not here. It's pushed him over the edge, hasn't it? It's, it properly has. We're going to have to send him to uh, to the meetings. Exactly. But uh, basically, it was a team meet-up, an in-the-chains team meet-up. And I think we had pretty much everyone there, to be honest. I wasn't there because I had other things on, and I don't think Dennis made it either. Nope. Yeah, it's the only it's the only two I didn't see that I know are on the team. I could be wrong. We have got people who sneak their way in as well. I saw a couple of other non-team members who were invited. Okay. I was wondering about that. Yeah, yeah no, I know. It, it looked fun. Everyone looked they were having a good time. You mean you didn't get invited, Josh? No, I got told about it, but I didn't get the invite. So I just listened to the story like, yeah, yeah, okay, so... And then nothing. It's all, it's all right. I didn't... I I did get an invite, but they, he knows I he knows I couldn't make... He knew I couldn't make it, so it's one of them. Little does he know we were we were planning the takeover of the show. So it, it, we've been plotting behind his back, haven't we? Yeah, I knew this and was going to be the perfect weekend. He's away; we could slip something in his drink, and he wouldn't make it on Monday. Exactly, and I've got fresh news for everyone. 
co-owner of In The Chains is out, Josh Birmingham is the new co-owner with me. And it's that exciting. Someone just texted me as well, so I do apologise <laughs> about that. This is a live Rook. show, actually, now. Exactly. It just proves... And, and that makes it better, doesn't it? It just proves like that, that we're not scripted. We just go with whatever we want, don't we? That's it. Uh, well, it's, it's been it's been good knowing him, but, you know, sayonara. <laughs> we're nasty, aren't we? We're nasty. <laughs> he's going to hit the... Re- he's going to batter us when he hears the edit of this. He's going to absolutely batter us. Yeah. I mean, that's all right. That's what happens when you don't show up for work. Exactly. Uh, you got to man up. Exactly. Shall we shall we start the show? I know I know you're leading it today, but shall we get on with it? Yeah, why not? Well, it's time for In the Chains. The UK-based podcast for amateur disc golfers. Get ready for course reviews, disc reviews, and the latest news and updates from the disc golf world. Your hosts will also talk about their own progression and have a lot of fun along the way. And now, here they are, two Brits and one Yang. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of In The Chains. What? What accent was that? <laughs> that was my Duffy accent. That was your that was your accent of trying to do Duffy, trying to do your accent. <laughs> it maybe I watched I have been watching this um soft white underbelly on YouTube. Have you seen this? Of oh uh I that is that the one that it's like voice, isn't it? Is it like voice? Yeah, kind of. It's like um I don't know. It's kind of out there. This guy just goes and interviews random people and like people off Skid Row in California or like Appalachian people that, you know, can barely talk. Mountain men. Yeah. So I've been watching that and I think the Appalachian accent has gotten a little bit ingrained, but I did grow up in Georgia, so it wasn't like I was far from it. Um, But anyway, that was that was Duffy mixed with a little bit of Appalachian. It was an inception moment, wasn't it? It was doing an accent of someone doing an accent of you, of someone doing an accent, wasn't it? Is that right? Inception. I haven't actually seen it, but that's what people say. Yeah, it just gets folded over on top of each other. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, um, sorry Duffy's not here because that was a terrible intro, but um, here we are. We're here, we're doing it. There's life afterwards, isn't there? Yep, yep. He will be missed. Exactly. Did I hear you have uh, another conspiracy theory? I do. I've been alluding to this, haven't I? So I heard this theory or I read it on, I don't know what section of the internet, but it's quite interesting and it's to do with the flat earth theory. Well, you know there's a curvature on the earth. Yeah. Well, apparently... The U.S. Uh, Navy have developed a laser c- that can shoot at other ships a hundred miles away. What? Well, with the curvature of the Earth, how can? Because what's what one thing do you know about lasers? They're not affected by gravity. They go in a dead straight line exactly. 
So tell me how the U- the US Navy can hit another ship a hundred miles away with a laser if there's the curvature of the Earth. It's impossible, isn't it? Unless they unless there's like antiquated mirrors set up everywhere or like mirror systems and like satellites and all sorts. How are they going to hit another shit a hundred miles away? I don't know, you've got me there. I'd just say the earth is flat. Exactly, exactly. I saw an interesting meme at the weekend and it was so it's someone who's on my Facebook who I haven't seen in years, but he always posts memes. And it was one, it was someone put having a shocked face and it said the meme said the look on your face when the flat earth has threatened to take you to the edge of the earth. And it just <laughs> it just made me chuckle and it's making me believe uh, now, to be yeah. honest. I mean there's a few conspiracy theories I've seriously thought about, but that is not one of them. No, but it's made you think now, hasn't it? I mean I'm gonna have to look up into this story. And How also, do lasers work? And also lasers. Exactly. Lasers don't bend. Well, I think you can bend light, but lasers don't bend. Lasers don't bend. That's going to be your shirt. That's going to be... What you've been up to this week, Josh? Um, well, the in-laws that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, they left on Saturday. They were actually meant to stay another week, but I think everyone was just tired of... Um, being out of their house, out of the AC, not having their big comfy cars and their mansions and buffets and things. Was there a was there a lot of passive aggression, was there? No, not really. Um, my sister-in-law just started a new job, or is about to start a new job um, at a school. So they're about to get going again. So she wanted like a week off before that happened to kind of get back on time, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, the place they were staying in wasn't the best and the customer service was not that great. Like all their bulbs are going out and no one was coming to change them. Although you could change your own bulbs, but you know, (laughs) when you're, when you're paying to stay in London at like exorbitant prices, like just come fix our stuff. And the valet never turned up with a car and... Yeah, All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't think it was kind of like when I first moved here, I had to kind of get used to like how old things are, you know, and then also the demand of people that want places to stay like my landlord could care or couldn't care less because he knows if I complain about it and don't want to live here, someone else will move in tomorrow. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's mainly a London thing. It's nuts in London, though, Josh. It's it's a completely different world to here. You're paying millions of pounds for a fucking two-bed flat, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We were looking at them today, just walking by. Like, took the baby for a walk, and we just, like, stopped at a real estate agent little thing in the window where they got all the houses. It's, like, two-point-something for anything in this neighborhood, which I don't... We're not buying, so we don't have that kind of money. You could with Blair's, with Blair's wages, couldn't you? No. 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 That's a lot of money. Who buys them though, Josh? I don't know who buys them. I don't know. I think it's I think it's far and this isn't meant in a horrible way. I think it's foreigners, honestly. Cause I don't think there are many British people who can afford them. Well, 
there's a lot of British people on my street. I think we're like the only ones that rent just about. So every time we step out onto the road, they just like look at us like side eye, like spits on the ground at you as as you walk past them. (laughs) But no, I don't know. London's full of people with money, I guess. I've got an interesting question for you, or I find it interesting. What was your stereotype of British people before you came over? And have you been proven wrong with your stereotype? Uh, my stereotype was, like, literally, I knew nothing. Never even visited before I moved here. So I was just thinking, you all drink tea. No one drinks coffee. Um, and then just, like, pints after pint, like... So I was pretty. I was pretty right. I mean, a lot of people drink coffee, but a lot of people also drink tea. Yeah, a lot, a lot more than in the states. And um, beers are bigger, which is nice. And British people claim always that they can drink more than American people. Like that's, I, I don't know what they're talking about. What What do you mean the beers are bigger? You get a full pint. What do you get in America? I mean, we might have pint glasses at some places, but. A lot of times you go out and you're buying like a 12-ounce bottle at the bar. So like a oh, glass you're buying a bottle, aren't you? Or a can. I mean, people get draft, like pitchers and stuff you can share. But um, it's just a, a cultural thing here where everyone expects a pint. And if the glass isn't spilling over, like you take it You back, ask for like, a top-up. You ask yeah, for a top-up, yeah. 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 Too much head, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I was pretty right. I was pretty right. Did you think we'd all walk around with, like, old Cockney accents and call each other governor and things like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in London, that's pretty much what they're all like, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. If you just speak if if you just speak to Dale from Amside, he sounds like a Cockney as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's proper. Proper. Yeah. He won't like that because he's from Essex, but they're all as bad as each other, aren't they? Mm, yeah. That's a pretty familiar accent. Those two, I would say, are the most common that people think all British people sound like. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Like, whereas you listen to me, no one can fucking understand me, can they? I'm just like, I don't know where you're from. Have you got used to my sort of accent now? Of you, or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think about it. I mean, it's been four and a half years now, almost, of just like, just you know, not just you, but people in general. So yeah. It's fine. I like it. Nice, I, nice. I'm starting to s- pronounce things differently. It's really weird. What like? Like, I was doing that video for those putters the other day, and I said stability. Like, like I really pronounced stability instead of, like, when I'm back home, I'd have been like, oh, it's got stability. Stability. Yeah, stability. Yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. I'm like, uh, quite. What other how would there was a disc golf event on at the weekend at a certain place? How would you say that place? What place was it? I can't tell you because I don't want to prejudge you. But th- there was a clue in the name, or I don't want to alter your the way you say it. But it was pre the preserve. That's the right way to say it, isn't it? The preserve. Yeah, preserve. Like a, a lot of Americans will go the preserve, won't they? They call it the preserve, no. don't they? Not where I'm from. 
No, oh, oh, I suppose you're you're a southern. Are you a southern belt? Is that what they call you? Uh, no, because I'm a I'm a guy. That's a woman, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I've been known to dress like a woman. Who who, who hasn't Josh? To be honest, it's yeah. Twenty first century now. Everyone needs to do it at least once. Exactly right. So let's get back on track. Tell me about the Potters. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. I'm not sponsored by EV7 yet. Yet. I'll, I'll Soon keep, to be. I'll keep badgering them until they just give up. Um, but they did send me five of the new Proto... There I go again. Proto. Is that Proto? Yes. Five Proto Telos. Uh, they're really nice. They kind of feel more like P2s. That they're beadless. Um, someone told me they look like a Zone and a P2 mixed. Which makes sense because they're pretty stable, not as not as stable as the Penrose, but they still have that nice grippy feel. Um, but yeah, they're good. I, I think I'm going to start using them for putting actually because a lot of longer putts that I've been running with full intention on running, they always fade out too soon with the Penrose. So I think this is going to give me that last couple of feet of glide that I need because it's a little bit too stable. It sort of stables yeah. out. But it's been nice starting with the Penrose because it's kind of trained me to be more confident with my putt. Is it a putting putter or is it a throwing putter? It's it's a putting putter. Um, especially with, I mean, it's a putt and approach, so you can throw it like you know any any putter you can throw. It doesn't matter what it is, but um, I think it was meant for putting. And especially with the plastics that they have, they don't really have any like champ style plastic, so. Okay. There's not like a pure throwing putter um, yet. I don't, I don't know if they'll ever do that or not, but it'd be kind of cool. Speaking what does it... oh, of go on, go on. champ putters, I've heard the Sky God 4 is coming out. Did you see the promo video, did you? No, I haven't seen it yet. Have a look at it. Uh, Simon is talking about, he says like, oh, I can't remember, it, it got a bit too much in the end. He goes... Here's a reason why the P2 is the best ace. And then he keeps giving reasons and keeps scoring aces. I don't know how many takes it took. But he throws in like... And they're not proper aces, I don't think. It looks like a short course. Yeah. But he just throw, he just does like eight or nine throw-ins from absolutely miles away. That's amazing. I you did see have a the, look. the thumbnail on YouTube, so I'm going to go back and watch it, but... Yeah, go back. Yeah. I'd recommend it. That's exciting. That's out Wednesday. Are you looking for any? I don't think so. I mean, I always act like I'm not into the signature things and the special release things, but yet I bought a Cloudbreaker every time they've been released. Yeah. And now I have um, two Sex and Firebirds. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows? If I'm if I'm feeling froggy when they drop and I make it in time, but I froggy. doubt I doubt <laughs> I doubt I'm gonna do it. I don't I don't need it. With the Cloudbreakers and the Firebirds, it was kind of like something I already threw, like DV threes. Yeah. So, um, well, you throw P twos, don't you? I do, but I've got plenty of like old D line ones that I like. That some are still fresh, have some stability, some turnover. So I I don't know. I've, I've probably still got about four or five of those. If I was you, I'd sell those and buy Sky Gods because you will you will be able to sell them for a bit these days. Yeah, 
I know, but I have to sell like four of those to get two Sky Gods. I suppose. I suppose. Maybe not, though. I mean, I don't think they're going to be crazy expensive. How how much do you think was going to be like the was it like thirty pounds for a putter? Yes, I've seen them for that much. Like oh, from, we, from a new shop. I can tell you now. We've uh, because this is going to be released after. Oh yeah, we we're selling them. So if, and they, they might not even be on the site anymore. They hopefully won't be, and they. I can say that some shops are selling them for thirty pounds. Okay, we're we're selling them for around, I think, twenty six pounds. That's a pretty good deal. It is a pretty good deal. Uh, you can also save by using the. I shouldn't be telling them this, but I'm a friendly guy. Use the code. ITC team five and it will save you five percent as well. So pretty much pays for the shipping. Oh no, it doesn't. Yeah, it probably it's not far off paying for the shipping as well. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. There you go. So that'll be good. We didn't go too mad with them. We got a few of them in. We like to we like to jump on the special editions, but like we're also quite aware that we don't want to ram every single special edition down people's throats as well. So. Yeah, but you know, I think I think they'll all get bought. I don't know how many all the other shops have either, but I, th- I think they'll go. There'll be plenty for the people in the UK. Do you think there are too many special edition discs now? Mm. Every single disc seems to be a special edition, I, I or a tour series, or I don't really, I don't think so. I mean, it's. <sighs> It's kind of part of our game. Like, you don't find that in golf. And it's just cool because, like, you have a decorative thing that you can throw. And if you're into that certain player or whatever, like, you're going to want to support them. Yes. Um, But no, I personally don't go full into it. And I know people that do. Um, And sometimes I think it's a bit silly. But people people love it. Like, you know, I'm not going to take anyone's joy away. I've done it and started collecting signature discs and then regretted it because it's a lot of money trying to complete <laughs> sets that yeah. don't really mean anything. Well, you could find someone that it does mean something though, right? You found the... You had all the tilts, right? Yeah, I had all the tilts, but no, it didn't really matter, did it? I've still got like four or five of them now, so... But they're handy, they're handy, like to use. I bag one still. Yeah. Harry Pierce bags one, and he makes it do the coolest stuff. Always makes me think about getting one, but I'm just like, it's like the dark side. It's like that in the Berg. I'm just like, once you, uh, once you get one, it's probably no coming back. Have you bought a Berg? Have you got a Berg? No. Are you never going to get one? Th- that The problem with answering this question is that if I say no, chances are within a week I'll have one. Because that's what happens to every single person. But if I'll I just say, send if you, I I'll say, just send you one. You said the K ones. I said I'll just send you one. I know, but which one? You said there was only one that mattered, and it was K three. K three. That's not the Scott, I... That's not the Scott Stokely one, is it? His is K one, right? No, his is K three. Okay. 
K3's right. the best. Did I did I promise on last week's cancelled show I was going to send you something, by the way? Um, no, uh-huh. not really. You just said... Basically, you're trying to make a believer out of me on the Berg, so I think you were going to... Oh, I'll but, send you one. I'll send you one. Well, we'll see what happens. I'll probably send it right What's, back. I saw something interesting, and this will only be relevant to me, you, and one other person in the UK, but Je- Ben Jeffries parked his polecat. Is that like a berg? I saw that, and I commented, and I was like, is that the same hole that I'm thinking about? Because it's not. it's not that it's like... It's not a short hole. It's not a super long hole. But I remember, because of the Mando and the shape of it and the distance of it, I was throwing a forehand full-speed driver. Pretty sure. That's 15, right? Or 16. I just can't remember. Anyway, it's it's the one with the Mando right by the basket. So, it's ridiculous that he threw a polecat. I can only imagine he just threw like a flip, like a hyzer flip. Or like a super long, like straight turnover. It must have been sweet. Are you calling him out saying that he didn't actually throw it off the tee? No, no, I believe him. I believe him. I've seen him throw. He's a good player, to be fair. He's a nice lad. We played with him at Copswold a couple of years ago, and he was good then, to be fair. Yeah, we like we like Ben Jeffrey. Jeffrey. He's yeah, a great he's a good guy. lad. Um, but yeah, that was a, an insane throw. I, w- I wish I would have seen it. Is that similar to a Berg, or...? It's got, I think, the same flight numbers, but... There's got to be some slight similar uh, differences, I would think. Have you thrown your polecat yet? Still haven't. You just Have you just got it to look at of you or something? I kind of did. I don't know why. I didn't need it in my bag, honestly. Like, Because if I... I have birdies at home, so it's like if I'm going to... It's the same as a birdie, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, there's not that much difference. They could fill the same slot for sure. But yeah, no, it was just cool. I like the 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 joke part of it more yeah, than anything. Exactly. It's just like, why would you put a halo on such a slow, stupid little disc? It's not going to affect it. But apparently, it is more stable than uh, the original. It's. I don't see how because it's just. It's what just kind a of plastic is it? What kind of plastic is it, Josh? Halo. Yeah, it's like it's like star. So why is it more overstable? What do they do? Do the different colours make it more overstable? But of course they fucking don't. So what? So what is it that makes Halo? I mean, colours do affect the stability, like. No, Josh. No, no, no. What? You can't. You can't tell me that color affects didn't, stability. Didn't we have this conversation? I don't. Oh, like, I don't remember it. No. Okay. It might have been someone else, but no. Like so, with the new FDs from Discmania, certain colors flip up, and certain colors are just like overstable. And it's oh, yeah. It's okay. due. It's due. To, it's not. Maybe not necessarily due to the color. That's just how it works out. Because if they're doing the red ones on this day and it was a bit cooler in the shop. Yes. And they, you know, are cooling off at a different rate, then that's what's going to either make a dome or not or like whatever. Um, so it does so, affect it. Can I just cut in? Dome means what? 
Oh, man. There's been... A, this theory kind of got busted. I used to think Domi meant flippy, but it doesn't. So, it's it just doesn't... I don't know. I'm kind of a firm believer now that Dome doesn't mean shit. It just... It just... It doesn't mean anything, but it just sounds good. Yeah. Now, it's something to do with, like, the the line of the mold going around the edge. Like, if it's higher, it's more stable. And if it's lower, it's less stable. Yes. That, to me, seems to be the biggest difference maker in flight. But um, Michael Sharkey, if he's if he's out there and you know him, ask him about it. He'll probably give you more information than you need on the subject. He's a bit of an engineer tech nerd, isn't he? So yeah, but- I hope you don't mind me saying that because I spoke to him about his job and it's it's a bit above what I do, but it's to do with EV chargers. So he's a, I'm an electrician and he just does uh, electric vehicle chargers and it's a bit more techie than my sort of job, I think. So yeah. he is one of them techie guys, isn't he's, he? Yeah, super smart. But yeah, he'll definitely uh, fill you in on a few of his theories are they only theories? <laughs> I just just gone with the theme of the show here. If he can throw in the word conspiracy, he might have sold me <laughs> on it. Uh, right. So should we move on? Oh, I was going to say oh, I've got one more thing to talk about with discs. Oh, all right. Sorry to be a pain. Nope. I uh, I threw something for the first time today, and was quite impressed with it. Is it a new disc? Yes. Mm. It is a replacement for someone who's left a company called that right uh, that rise with Shimmerba. <laughs> Wait, you and it's now at Schmimamic Schmisks. So you threw the slammer. Yes. Nice. And and I had a pig to go with it as well. A Ricky so like Pig say, and a Ricky Slammer? Yes, I'd like to say Ooh. thanks to Jake Guy because I did a swap of a... Oh, what was it? It was a it was an Eagle stamped logic for nice. a Ricky Pig. So I wanted to compare the two side by side. Eagle as in the end of a disc? Eagle McMahon... Oh, Dismania okay, yeah, logic. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So it was um, it, it was a jelly bean stamp, I think. So on nice. a logic, it looked good. Uh, and I have to say, the slammer's a lot more overstable. A lot more overstable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the harp is more comparable to the pig. Yes, and the slammer is like that next level of like. No glide. You can throw it as hard as you want. It's only going to go 200 feet ever. Um, yes. But, yeah, uh, Jack, my buddy Jack Smith, throws them, and he gave me a toss uh, with one, and it they're nice. I do like them. They're like JB zones, but more stable. But they feel kind of similar in the hand. Do you know my only sort of... Pre sort of real use thought is they beat up very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very it's it's the hard baseline plastic, right? 
but it feels quite soft, I think. But it is sort of like the hard bass line. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, it's grippy, but the disc itself is firm. Yeah. yeah. I I don't see them lasting very long. I don't see them keeping that stability for very long, which might be a good thing. That's why I like JV Zones, just because they beat in like kind of quick, and you can just like do crazy things with them. But they always feel good in the hand, no matter what. Yeah. I have to say, the Slammer felt nice. Uh I'm too used to throwing a berg because I was pre- I was throwing them at my mate. To be honest, we're throwing them between each other from about seventy foot away, and I was overpowering it like it was going too far. So I'm too used to my berg for them approach shots. No, we're probably like probably near ninety feet away. I bet maybe even further. But I was sending it straight over his head. So, but it does fly nice. Yeah. Very dependable. And they look good. Are you going to get one? No, no, no. I'm gonna stick with my zones. Yeah. I know they're a little they're a little different, but it's it's it feels that slot. And to be fair, I was gonna say it's it's hard to get hold of the slammers, but equally it's hard to get rid of it's hard to get hold of the JB zones, isn't it? Yeah. I mean I think I don't know. I feel like the little JB Zone wave is kind of passed. And now the people that have them just will have them. But until someone makes them cool again, like on tour. I saw Ben Calloway's throwing it a lot. Nice. He's, he's pretty good. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Not that many people in the UK throw them. Like Jamie Matthews used to throw them all the time. But now he's Prodigy Boy, so he doesn't do it. Um, I throw them. Dennis throws Dennis them. throws them. I think Dennis throws them because Jamie, or both of us, really. He's, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, thrown shade, Josh, thrown shade. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see them in that many people's bags anymore. I know a lad, Dave, from Ara Valley. He, Naren, Naren's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he likes it. He likes a JB zone, to be honest. Did I do, did I do a jawbreaker buzz? They they do certain like special drops and stuff, and I think maybe Ledgestone last year had them. Yeah, they had them last year, didn't they? Because I yeah. think that would be quite a popular disc. Seems strange to me, but you know, I think. But what seems strange to, to me, me that's, is that'd be like a Vibram disc. Yeah, I suppose we'd talk about this off air, weren't we? Yeah, and they just we think they're pretty pointless because we we're looking for them. They still make them, and how much are they, Josh? $40 a piece. Now, who's going to pay that? I don't know. I mean, people... Can, n- people. Love, it's like a cult brand, I guess. Like, Castaplast is a bit like that in America. They love them. Yeah. Yeah, there's not that many people into them, but the guys that are absolutely love them. Ex- exactly. But people in the UK will not spend that much on a disc, I can tell you. If you're a disc collector, I could see you buying, because they only have four molds, I could see you buying all four molds and just put them in the closet, because yeah. they're soft and they wouldn't last that long, but they're expensive. So it's like, if you just want to say, I've got this company's discs, it'd be an easy set to get a hold of. That's the, maybe that's what, that maybe that's it as a collector, your first set, and I'd say for a collection, $40 a disc isn't stupidly overpriced. Yeah, I mean, you're done. All right, there you go, 160 bucks. You've got the whole got the whole brand. 
I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't say we run a shop and we don't have every disc from a company. Yeah, no way. But um, but yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. No, no, no. We're just waffling, aren't we? I think it's the best way to be. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to? Well, first we have to thank Upper Park. Since 2011, Upper Park Disc Golf has focused on disc golf bags and accessories with unique styles, innovative designs, and unmatched comfort. They use cutting-edge design techniques and durable outdoor materials with a lifetime guarantee, so you can focus on what really matters, keeping it in the chains. Whether you're a Bowen or a seasoned pro, Upper Park has the bag to fit your needs. Go to UpperParkDiscGolf.com today and save 10% with our code INTHECHAINS10. Now back to the show. And now on to everyone's favorite part. Fake news. Right, because we missed last week because of the unfortunate uh, error. I don't know what went wrong, but it was it was Duffy's turn to edit, wasn't it, Josh? So Yeah, he bottled I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna blame it on him. He he fucked something up because He's not our, we're not his biggest fans at the moment. He's left the show. I shouldn't be saying that, should I? <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> he's, le- he's left the show. Uh, good riddance, to be honest. Like, if you've got a bad apple, if you if you hang around shit, you turn into shit, don't you? If you've got, if you've got one bad apple, it, it turns into more bad apples, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man. By the way, because I know we haven't started news... But we addressed this last week. Didn't someone text you agreeing with my saying, Josh? Or were they taking the piss out of me? No, no. They, uh, it's Mr. Mr. Valentine uh, confirmed that, that that was a saying. Um, so, I mean, it's fine. I've never heard it. But it's just, it's one of those, it's like so simple. I'm like, this can't be. This exactly. Can't be it. And that's from Mr. Stan Valentine, the best doubles partner ever. Oh wow, he's good. He's a good lad. He's a good laugh, and we played really well. Yeah, we took like. Bearing in mind, this is not throwing shade at Stan, but he's an MA one player, isn't he? But, but yeah, yeah. Why? Why do you say that? Because he's an MA one player, and I'm a very shit MA four player. <laughs> We took Duffy and Noah Smithson to a playoff playing doubles at Gillies. Nice. Figure that out. We just bought out the best in each other. Well, I think Stan beats Noah quite a bit. Does he? Ooh. <laughs> I'm just gonna Bloody leave that. that. Just gonna leave that right I, there. I was about to say, fucking hell, way to take the gloves off. Fucking hell. <laughs> No, they'll they'll enjoy that because I think they hang out quite a bit. So they'll yeah, they'll be funny. Lads, to yeah. be fair, he'll enjoy he'll enjoy that. No, will he'll enjoy that. And plus, he's too young to do anything about it anyway, isn't he? Yeah, what's he gonna do? He's a boy in a man's world. <laughs> so I'm gonna move on. This is fucking shambolic without Duffy <laughs> to lead us along, is it? We're just he, going off on tangents, aren't we? He can't stop us. In the intermission, we spent half hour talking about big, the Big Lebowski, didn't we? <laughs> Great film. But yes, so right, because we missed it last last week, it was in the show, but the show never materialised. We had the SummerSlam that you were at, didn't we, Josh? Yep. Great event. Present, 
presented by Ice Disc Golf. Tell us a little bit about it, a brief rundown. Yeah, no, it was really good. Temporary course that they built from scratch uh, on this property. Um, There's a boarding school basically on site, so you can't play it year-round. But if it was in the ground year-round, it'd be top three best courses in the UK. Oh, nice. Yeah, if not top two. But, um, But yeah, no, it was really fun. Some big open holes with OB... And then you had about over half the course in the woods, some fair gaps. But, I mean, if you didn't hit your line, you were scrambling for par. So, challenging, fun, uh, great weekend, almost 100 players. And they put on, you know, a really professional event. And um, it's going to be happening every year, hopefully. So, if you didn't make it this year, definitely go next year. You'll love it. Me and Duffy are definitely going to put it on our list for next year. So... It'll yeah. be good fun. Big shout out to Adam for all the work he did. It was ridiculous. Was, is he the visionary? I think he was like the main, uh, basically project manager of the whole thing. Since like he's the main employee of the company at the moment, um, everyone had a hand in it. But I think he was, I think he was there every day after like working the shop, like doing stuff until dark. So for the past nice. several months, I don't know how he did. He w- it. He was TD as well, wasn't he? Uh, yep. yep. Did TD. that mean he, he couldn't play as well? Yeah, he could not play. That's a new rule for B-tiers. That's dedication, isn't it? Yeah. So, it was worth it, though. It was really cool. And you had a pretty good event, didn't you? Finished second. Um, yeah, I was in the lead after two rounds. And kind of... I didn't throw it away. I just didn't play very good in the woods. And, uh, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Took second. Joe O'Brien won. Best player in the country. So, you know, fair dues. Exactly. And that keeps you at 100% record of first or second this year, doesn't it? That's it. Now I just don't play until champs, and I can just claim that. There you go. And if you win champs, it's going to be... Oh, man. That's the thing. I've won the first two events. Maybe not the biggest fields. We all know it. But the last two, I've had, you know, top MPO players in the country. And I've finished just shy of winning both times. And so I feel like I need to take that next step of, like, taking it down. But, you know, that's all right. I think I think this is, this has to be your, your year, Josh, because you're not getting any younger either, are you? <laughs> That's so. it. Dude, now or never, baby. Now or never. <laughs> Don't need to put any pressure on you, but it's pretty much it. So you've you've already told us that Joe won with 17 under. You came second with 14 under. Yeah. And we had James Luton in third with 11 under. So that Tied, was the MPO. Was that tied with Ollie and... In third Sorry, as well. that was tied with Ollie as well. Yeah, yeah. So, well done to those four, uh, including yourself. In you. Pro 40, we had Dan Brown taking the win. In Advanced, we had Michael Sharkey and Adam Keane taking it all the way to a playoff, didn't we? Yeah, it was very exciting. They both played extremely well, and I thought... <clears throat> Most playoffs are our sudden death, and Adam McCrory walks by as they're doing the playoff, and uh, I was like, "How's it going?" 
And he goes, Sharky has a two-shot lead. And everyone else standing with we all kind of looked at each other like, what the? How does he? Why are they still playing? But apparently it was a four-hole, four-hole playoff, no matter what. Does that need to be agreed before the tournament or agreed before they throw for the playoff or what? I'm pretty sure that it was a thing they set out before the tournament. I'm sure it was in an email that I didn't okay. get to, but it'd probably be in the it probably be in the caddy book, wouldn't it? Yeah. Shows how fucking useless we are and we don't ever read caddy books, I suppose, doesn't it? Well, and you're know. a you're I, a TD yourself as well, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know how to read though, so <laughs> that's a good point. The <laughs> the pic the pictures are pretty though. <laughs> so nice. So yeah, so and I quite like that. Like, you, I wouldn't say that there, there's still pressure on it, but you know, if you fuck up your first shot, you've still got a chance of clawing it back, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it it does let you fight a little bit more, which is fun. I think. Yeah, and uh, in the end, uh, Michael Sharkey Sharkey took the win with yep. Adam Keane in second and Elliot Lovin in third. Lovin, I'm guessing, yep, in third. How about Keane not sandbagging anymore? I don't know. He's still in MA one. He could he could make the move up to uh, MPO, couldn't he? I suppose. I guess. I mean. Or, or I, I, Pro 40. Pro 40 is my I, thoughts. I think MA1 is more challenging than Pro 40. The, to be fair, his score against Pro 40, he'd have won by 14 shots. Exactly. So so I think he's done the right thing going into MA1 because yeah, that's about where he is, I think. He's a sneaky good player. He's a sneaky good player. He's not even sneaky about it. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a he's an all round solid bloke as well. Yeah, he's a real decent bloke. I like him. So I played what, I played with him over the weekend. It was fun. Yeah, he's a good lad. So well done to Adam. Uh, in FA what FA FA one, we had Natalie Ekin taking the win. Nice uh, yep. with Elva Kate Preston in second. In Am forty. I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Probably my favourite name on the whole list. Bo Jasper Rowland. <laughs> Bo. Bo Tam. Uh, he won in Am 40 with Gary, Reb- Gary Webb in second and Urko Uto. Uh, Archio? Archio? Uh, Archio. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Urko. Urko Archio in third. In uh, MA2, we had Rob Hurd with Cole Heaton and Blue Kim. In Recreational, we had Andrew Andrew Hurden, Scott Jenkins, and then Steve Nolan in third. In Junior, f- under 15, we had Chris Christopher Brecky Danielson and Hugo William, Williams Browers. And then we had Naren Woodhead in Junior. Uh, in FJ15. So well done to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it was Sounds. fun watching the kids play. We got done with the playoff and they were coming down hole 18. And so the whole crowd was stood there watching the kids play the last hole. So we all cheered them on for every shot and stuff. It was it was really fun. And they were sling, slinging the disc as well. I mean... Don't tell me Adam made, made them play the full course as well. No, they had their own tees and baskets. 
I was about to say, he's a nasty man if he made him play that. <laughs> no, he specifically went out and set up a, a course for them after he, he found out that kids wanted to play. So it was a bit of extra work, but, you know, he's always willing to put in the effort. So that's good. Oh, top lad, top lad, to be fair. So well done to everyone there. So sounds like it was a class weekend. So Yeah. Very good. Even though it was four weeks ago and we've had to cancel <laughs> shows and do all that. Well done. Uh, right, so I'm going to head over the pond now. And what was it this week? It was a World Championships, wasn't it? World Champs. Yeah. Amateur World Champs. Oh, yeah. You forgot about that, See, didn't you? I, yeah, I need to watch that. I, d- I didn't watch it. Okay. You told me you'd watched a load of Disc Golf I this did weekend. watch a load. I watched the... Well, we'll get to it. But I watched the Preserve. I watched the Nokia Open. But I'm trying to watch MPO and FPO at least the last two rounds. Like, sometimes if I'm running behind and I know I have a show coming up and I want to be informed, I won't watch the, like, feature cards because that isn't necessarily the lead card. So I just want to see what everyone shot in the first round. I'll just look it up. And then I'll start with the lead card round two, round three. Because that's where the spicy goodness is, you know? That's a lot of time to spend watching disc golf each each weekend, that is, Josh. I'm doing it for the people, man. It's, it's, You've so, someone's got to do it, haven't they, Josh? It's, it's a hard job. At least that's what I tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, can we get this crap off? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, babe, this is research. So we had the uh, PDGA Amateur World Champs presented by Toyota in Princeton, Indiana. And we had... that. I was about to say, we had Bradley Williams win, but I'm looking at my wrong photo, Whoops. so that's not going to work. Yeah, there we go. There's the first mess-up. We had Paul Kranz winning the uh, Advanced Amateur, with, and he's rated at 1,001. So, Dude. How's an, how's an amateur rated at over 1,000? You can stay amateur as long as you want, because... No one can force you to go to pro, and it's just, if you don't accept cash, you're an amateur. And well, that's, you, that's next level next level disc golf, man, I'm telling you. Do you know what his score over four rounds was? No. Have a guess. Have a guess how many under? 40. 42 under. Oh, that's a good guess. Just fucking nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it was like 50% golf, and then a little, maybe a little extra. That's crazy. So, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so well done to him. And I appear to have lost the women. So, and I, I screenshot everything. Right. So, the winner of the women's was Cadence Burge. I'm guessing I'm saying that right. And uh, she won with a score of 12 under as well. So, I'm sure there will be some names throughout the lists to watch out for, but I don't know any of them. Yeah. I'm guessing they're mostly American as well. So, did you know anyone personally who was throwing there, Josh? Maybe. I'd have to go through and look. I mean, there's a few guys in the Georgia scene that maybe I'm not like friends with, but I've, you know, played events with or whatnot. So, I'm sure there's somebody from Georgia that was playing. So, I'll have a look. You couldn't enter Worlds now, could you? Because you cashed. Yeah. 
my rating is still, you know, obviously it doesn't matter what your rating is, but I've taken cash, but it's kind of, I could explain my situation to a TD back in the States and just say, look, my, my real, only real option was MPO in the UK because when you're rated like 950 and up, there's a lot of pressure for you to just go to MPO. Yeah. To make the field. And, um, so I could probably say that, but <clears throat> I don't know. It'd be up to the TD at this point, I think. But he'd probably tell it, me now. It is a different scene because in America, they're in MA3 and are rated at 950, aren't they? <laughs> they're all loads better than us over here. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Because everyone plays, but, you know, and there's just so many more people. Um, yeah. Just the, the competition is much higher, isn't it? Yeah. But... I mean that if in a country that size, if the UK were that size, it'd have the same amount of talent. I have no doubt. But and we've, I guess also we've been playing longer as well. Yeah, has a lot exactly. to do with it. And there ba- is a bit of a lag. And baseball, so maybe the UK wouldn't keep up if they were the same size then. Mate, I mean, you seen my you seen my cannon of a forehand because of because of cricket. True. Well, t- I'd, t- I'd love to play baseball, to be fair. I think I'd be pretty fucking good. You've already do, played got- American football, so you might as well give it a go. I might as well go and play ice hockey whilst I'm at it as well, haven't I? You- yeah, well, if you like to punch people, I mean, that's your sport. That's pretty much American football on ice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, if not a bit with uh, large, uh, what's the word, uh, large, what do they call them, weapons, like... Hockey oh. sticks? Blunt, blunt object oh, weapons. Like, you don't know what hockey sticks are? Um, no. Yeah, no, that's... If you watch hockey for the fights, you won't be watching the pros because they've cut way back on that. But if you watch... Like, they they the, don't do it anymore, do they? If you watch the semi-pro, they're basically just there to fight because they're not good enough to go to pro. <laughs> it's the amazing. Goon. Is, is there a film called The Goon or something about someone who just fights? <laughs> I don't know. So we also had the Preserve Championship designed designed by (laughs) LaVisca Disc Golf. Now I know this is it's it's clear water. Is it Kale LaVisca's course? Yeah, that's he he owns the property. He I don't think he was the TD obviously because he was playing. But uh, it's his it was property. Jeff Jeff Spring. It was Jeff Spring. It was TD. Okay, I guess is he. He does all of them, doesn't he? I was going to say, all the Pro Tour events. Pro Tour, yeah. Um, Yeah, but Kale and another guy whose name I cannot remember designed the course. And I guess it's been going three or four years now. But they basically rushed to get the course ready for a Pro Tour event right when they bought the um, property. And it's basically been in this exact setup with these holes since it's you know since it's birth so they haven't changed much about it which is pretty cool um, i heard it's quite a nice course as well that's what i've heard yeah i've heard a lot of people say it's a nice course it's a fun one to watch because there is ob but he doesn't he leaves you an out and you can just throw bombs you know and that's what we watch pros for is to watch the display like 600 feet you know exactly so it's great for that um and it just lets the players kind of be creative and get there however they want. Honestly, it's... Um, but, yeah, so it's one of my favorites to watch. So, yeah, so 
and you were telling me off air because it was one in MPO by Bradley Williams, and that's a name that hasn't been heard for a while. Well, not hasn't been heard. That's unfair, but hasn't been hasn't yes. won anything for a while. Yeah, almost a decade. So he won the 2016 uh, MVP Open, I believe, at Maple Hill uh, against Michael Johansson, which you'll see if you watch Joe Mass coverage or whatever. They'll they'll have clips of that. Um, but yeah, he's been around for a long time, and a lot of people hail him as the quintessential disc golf form or the cleanest form in disc golf. And the dude is buttery smooth. I have to give it to him. And um, yeah, anyway, he's he's back on top for this week, so we'll see if he can keep it up. I know he's finished good in other tournaments in the past few years, but yeah, first first major win, and I think they said like almost three thousand days. Nice, nice. Yeah. That'd be good. That's good for him. It was also great to see one of our favourite men back as well, wasn't it? Lazaki. In second place was uh, Wasaki, yeah. Oh, Wasaki. Sorry, I said Lazat. Who did you say? Lazat? Yeah. He was oh, going for he his... joint third, yeah. He was coming for his third major in a row, which I don't know if anyone's done that. Who's that? Uh, Simon? Yeah. That would be pretty nuts, wouldn't it? I saw a thing online from fake PDGA that said, I wish Simon would have just play hole 10 for birdie and not run the ace. Because I think he parted it every time. Because he wanted to ace it? Yeah. That's old Simon coming back. We don't like old Simon. No, he he's, he's got things. two wins and he's maybe just a little bit too comfortable. He needs to just rein it in again. Knuckle down, exactly. But, and yeah. but no, Waisaki, man, the last round... I didn't think there was any way Bradley was going to be beat until about hole 13 or 14 in the last round. You started seeing Ricky in like second. And um, he just couldn't be stopped. Like hole 11 and hole 12. Hole 12 was like right up to the river and the basket sits and this like just falls away to the river right here. And like, yeah, he was probably edge of circle two and ran the putt and made it off like a limb. And it was just like, it was weird. He just couldn't be stopped, but, um, he came up a little short, but, um, yeah, it was, it was exciting. I feel like Ricky is the last person you want chasing you on final day. Dude. Like when he's on a roll, God. you don't want him coming for you, do you? No, and he was on chase card, so it's like every big putt and every birdie he made, there's these loud roars just like the next hole up from you. And you're just like, oh. can you imagine? You're looking over your shoulder thinking, he's coming for me, he's coming for me. Oh, oh man, that. The Raptors hopping out of the woods. It's got to be intimidating, hasn't it? Yeah, but um, he actually threw it in the drink on his second shot on 18, and Bradley Williams was watching it from the tee of 18. So at that point, he was just like, I've got it. I've won. That would have been the difference between him pushing him for a pl- to the playoff and and Bradley winning, wouldn't it, really? Well, Bradley still birdied it. So I think Ricky would have needed... To eagle, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Which is why he probably went for it in the second shot. But he was so short. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, it was it was a fun, 
fun battle between those two. And like you said, Ricky coming up on Chase card is scary. Exactly. It, it, I couldn't think of anyone else who I'd l- like rather like not have who who I'd least have over Rick. I don't know. You know what I mean, Jamie. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And in FPO, there was no uh, there was no uh, what Christian Tatar because her partner has contracted COVID, so get well to him soon. Ah, but she, she decided not to travel because of that. So, uh, and we've, and it's funny, we've, we've done it again, Josh. We keep saying, like, this person needs to get a result. Why haven't they got a result? And Paige won, didn't she? She came good and won. Yeah. She was, she was playing really well. Yeah. There was, there was, points where you thought maybe um missy gannon was going to come back and and challenge her for it but then on like hole 14 it looked like Paige was going to get a par at best if maybe bogey she ends up parring the hole and missy runs a putt for birdie down a cliff basically and then ends oh, up no. ends up bogeying the hole so it was like yeah it just at that point, I knew Paige had it, but um, she's playing great. She's throwing, she throws so far. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, but no, it was it's fun. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing in a way to think that such a small woman can throw so much further than me, six foot, six foot two, mass gorilla. What did we call it? Ape, uh, ape index. The ape index, massively long arms. It's quite <laughs> embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, no, she's she's got it down. I mean, she's well. She said in her post round interview um, that she's a bit of a one trick pony, but she's been doing it for two decades, so it worked out in her favor. It, but it, it, it and that it's was a good trick to have, isn't it? Well, she was kind of in regards to she only throws backhands, and these other girls coming up, you know, can throw forehand, backhand, whatever, and. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. There's there's some talent coming up in the FPO field, and we've seen you know multiple winners this year, which is always nice because last year it was like Katrina or Paige or Kristen, and that's pretty much it. And it'd been Paige for so long, and uh, it is good to see her come back. Um, but she did mention you know watch out for so and so and so and so because FPO field's getting stacked now, which is fun. I think it's it's as good as the men's and that's not meant in a condescending way it has been especially is with Kristen and probably being one of my favorite well players, no, it's, it's not it's it nothing is. yeah it's not a slight it's just there's a, such a large gap in the 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 few the very few women at the top and then the rest of the field yeah and now it's it's leveling itself out and there's more you know more involvement and you know more players and it's just great it's exactly as competitive you know exactly yeah uh so yeah, that was the uh, preserve. We then had as well the Nokia Open in Nokia. Well done to Jesse Niemannen, I think. Yeah, that yeah. sounded right. That sounded right, didn't y- it? Yesy. Oh, Yesy. Is it Yesy? Yes. Yesy. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm going to call out all the Europeans here. 
If you're going to spell the name like an English name, don't expect us to pronounce it differently. If you want it, if you want it pronounced differently, spell it differently. <laughs> would you? Would you agree, Josh? Uh, yeah, let's go for if it. You, if you were European, you'd be Joshe or I'd be Josh. Josh, exactly. Why not put? Would we'll just have it as a Y, Josh? I don't know, man. It it trips me up. And then in second place we had Nicholas and Antilla. Yeah. And and and, and then in third we had L- Larry Lectonin. 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 All there three. All three of those names are pretty familiar names. Um. So that makes sense. There's a lot oh, of guys. Tom- huh? Thomas Gilbert in. We had Thomas Gilbert in joint third as well, leading on to the. Popular, like the recognizable names. I wonder what he's. I wonder if he's been paid by the European Pro Tour to come over and just put some eyes on to this to like the coverage. Maybe I don't, I, it is weird, isn't he's it? He's the Maybe only. It's... He's the only American on the on the European tour, right? Well, he's not American. Canadian, excuse me. He's Canadian. Um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that he's on there? Like it, it so maybe I'd, I'd say because he's prodigy, isn't he? A prod and prodigy are they're pretty, Finnish, aren't they? They're big. In are Europe. they Finnish? No, they're they're based out in Georgia, where I'm from. Oh, are they Amer- Are they American? Yeah, but I they, always thought I always thought they were Finnish. No, they just did a good job of um, you know getting the European base set up, and now they have a lot of sponsored players there. Uh, it's really okay. taken off. So good on them. Because Innova are uh, Finnish, aren't they? Is that wrong, or are Innova American? Innova's American. Where am I getting all this from, Josh? Well, they all have, you know, teams and warehouses and and things. You've got Innova Store Europe. You've got, you know, it's it's worldwide. But yeah, they all started in the states. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. Discmania is... It sounds like me when I got here and I was like, they have McDonald's here? Yeah, I suppose, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I know Discmania is is uh, European. Yep. And Castaplast, and that's about it, I imagine, isn't it? Uh, you've got Pro Discus. Larger brands. Got Pro Discus. Oh, Pro Discus, no one throws them. Um... <laughs> Uh yeah, Discmania, which Discmania in a way started in the states because Innova's printing them. Is Yuri is Yuri based in America or is he based in Finland or UC? Oh, UC, that's his name. I'm oh, fucking useless with names. I've given up. Is UC he Marasma? Oh fuck off, Josh! Stop showing off. Is he based I mean, in I the just, US? I, I met him once. No big deal. Oh, there you go. Uh, he is now he's in Europe. Um, oh, is he? Yeah. How did he get the Innova connection? Then I don't understand that. I don't really know. That's 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 one I can't help you with. But but yeah. So uh, and then the Nokia Open on the European Pro Tour. We had in the FPO. We had. Heidi Lane or Lane, I don't know, but it could be anything. Here's one that's really. Here's a couple that are really going to screw with me. Maria Liv 
Levamage, I'm going to say. What? Yeah. <laughs> Levamage? I'm trying to find the event page. And Anneli Tujas. Sounds good to me. Third. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, so well done to them. Uh, you were throwing shade in the WhatsApp group, actually, earlier. You said something about Americans being moles better than Europeans. <laughs> oh, Can man. you explain that? Because I'm not the cleverest. I, and I, saw that s- I was just being um, funny. I was not being serious. I just saw, I was, I was watching the Nokia Open right before we got on the show, and... Um, this guy, Yuho Kovanen, his, this is his back nine scores. I didn't get the last two scores in my photo, but he started with a double bogey and then went par and then birdie. So he's one over on the back nine. But then he went on the next hole, he took a 10. <laughs> <laughs> the hole after that, he took another 10. <laughs> <laughs> The whole after that he bogeyed, and then the whole after that he triple bogeyed. So Sounds like where's he, he from? He shot within four holes, two tens, a four and a seven. He shot basically a full nine hole set of shots in four holes. He sounds like he could be I'm going to say he's fin- is he finished? He sounds finished, doesn't he? He is. He's the finished version of Bowen. That's all it can be, isn't it? Well, and that was my joke, is that how is this kid lead card Euro Tour? They must be trash. I'm, I saw that he was 17 over, and I thought that's what you were getting at. He must, poor lad, must have just got well, the yips and had a, had a meltdown. Yeah, hole uh, 14 is an island hole, kind of like the USDGC hole where they have the hay bales. You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about? So it's kind of like yeah, that, yeah. except it's that's on your second shot. You're approaching that, so it's a big par four. And he was trying to reach the island, and I think he went out of bounds four to five times trying to reach oh. the island, and then decided to lay up down the fairway safe and still went out of bounds oh. and had to lay up again. <laughs> so oh. it, was, it was really bad. Um. But Poor no, bloke. I, I, and you're you're laughing at him over that. <laughs> he didn't seem that bothered. I mean, I'm sure he was on the inside, but that's one of those things, though. You take two tens in a round. You there's nothing you can do but laugh because <laughs> if you don't, you're gonna do something really bad. You know what I mean? You're probably just gonna never play again, aren't you? I mean, yeah, you've, and you've done it on camera. Like people can look it up like anytime they want. So that's kind of sad. So I do feel Josh. for him, but it it was somewhat entertaining. I never think. I think even me. I think even in the rounds where I was scoring like forty over, I don't think I've had two tens in a round. <laughs> Honestly, well done. <laughs> now, someone how s- does that happen? Someone said yesterday. Um, Something about taking 20 shots on a hole. And I said, I would bet you a million pounds that I will never take a 20 in my life on any hole. 
I don't see how you could. And then I immediately got scared. But at the point when you were like at 10, you would just lay up, lay up, lay up, finish the hole. And then you're at 14 and I don't have to pay a million pounds. Exactly. Exactly. Like you could, it's impossible. Even I saw Scott Stokely did like on his birthday, like the world's longest disc golf hole. That was like 10 miles along a beach. <laughs> did you see, did you see that? No. You could finish that. You could finish that in under twenty, pretty much, couldn't you? Was it mile? Was it a mile? It was like seven miles long or something. Oh, wow! I bet he was tired. <laughs> I'll I'll, sh- I'll share the video. This was in pre-season this year, and he said for my whatever birthday, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw the world's longest disc golf. Hole. Oh my god! I'll see if I can find it and I'll share it because it, it's quite. It's quite. It's not a great video, but it's just... It makes my arm hurt thinking about it? it. Yeah. Oh, it'd be horrendous, wouldn't it? With the wind on the beach and like, oh. But that might help. That might help you, that might. You could just... I don't know. You could just do... Because I know the distance, the world record distance is in like big gusts of wind. You're just like throwing into crowds of people, sunbathing and... Well, it was in off season, so I don't know. I don't know about America, but I think like it's probably oh, going to be quite cold. It was cold. probably like COVID beach where no one was even out. Exactly, but uh, <laughs> right. Uh, is that it? I think so. I think that's probably about it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I reckon we'll save Duffy's amazing topic for next week because he's not here. I wouldn't want to spoil it. Has he told you what it is? He hasn't told you. He hasn't told me. Oh, oh well, yeah, I, I know what it is. I feel like this is part of the reason why we fucked him off, to be honest, Josh. Don't you? Well, he he kind of asked me to not talk about it. Because, That's sneaky, that is. Well, I mean, Duffy's he's, he's going to come back, right? He's not just going to leave us. He might do. Are we going to be like the? Are we going to be? Are we like a pair of dogs that when the owner goes out for the day to work, is he coming back? Is he coming back? We have is he no, coming back? We have no frame of reference of time. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dubby, we've done like thirty shows without you. It's like it's, it's been one. It just lasted two hours. Exactly. Uh, I would ask. I would ask. Like, there are some listeners that like to give us feedback on. Gonna say uh, his name's Stan slash Condor. Let us know what you think about this episode without Duffy, if you liked it or not. Yep. Uh, either vote for next week, Duffy or Sans Duffy. What does Sans mean? Without Duffy. With, without, yes. Okay. And when I said Stan, I didn't mean Stan Valentine. I meant super fan, the Condor. Stan listens. Both stands listen. Yeah, I know. I know, but I didn't want it to I didn't want Stan to think I was calling him out or anything. I was talking about the condor. He knows who he is. Stan's probably not gonna be able to listen to the show. He's probably still stood outside our Airbnb from Newbury <laughs> trying to get in the door. <laughs> what ha- what happened? He had to walk back, didn't he, or something, because of ID or something. Well, that was a separate incident. The first night we we're staying with an Airbnb with a host, which is his fault. I didn't know, and I booked it. He sent me the link, and uh, I'll never do it again. But anyway, told, we told the lady we were going to the pub after the practice round, and we wouldn't be back till like, 9 or 10. 
We didn't get back till 11. We had the key to the front door. I unlocked it. I mean, we weren't in our 100% like sober by any means. Uh, okay. And I went to open the door and it wouldn't open. And they like thought there was like a deadbolt on the inside because it was like stuck at the top. And basically, yeah. we had to wake this old lady up out of her bed and she had to go to work the next day to let us in smell like beer. And what uh, was wrong with the door? It just got stuck. She came down and she was like, <laughs> she was like, oh yeah. She's like, this is the thing. Like, you get stuck at the top. You just have to do this and this. I'm like, you probably should have told us that before exactly. we left. So, so anyway. So she fucking right, really, for, yeah. for not telling us that's, and us waking you up. That's right, though. Reg's mom is legit. Shout out to Reg's mom. Who's Reg's mom? The lady at the house. How do you know that Reg is her son? <laughs> Reg is the guy that hosts it on the site, but apparently Reg's mom is the one at the house, like, taking care of stuff and, like, she lives ah. there. Reg is pimping ah, okay. his Reg is pimping his mom out on Airbnb, and she doesn't sound like she minds people breaking a back door style. No, she was fine with it. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Anyway, uh, Stan, if you're listening, I'm never going to stay with you again unless it's a non-hosted site. This is this is the thing. Duffy did this when we went to Scotland, and we might have discussed it, but he's not here to tell me we can't talk about it again. Nice. He chooses. He chooses. See, I'm I'm quite sensible. I choose on two criteria, cheap and fairly nice as well. Yeah. Duffy just uses one criteria, cheap. cheap. <laughs> and we in Scotland, he was a nice old boy, but we were literally in this old boy's house and he walked around all the time in the house with no socks on, and he had his crusty old feet out, <laughs> and he'd walk upstairs into your room like it was his house, yeah. and there was two bedrooms off, and I'm like, Duffy, where the fuck are we? <laughs> Can we not just stop in a hotel? I don't want to be... I don't like going to my family's house, no. let alone... A randomer's house? No, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, when we got back and the door wouldn't open, I feel like I got busted by my grandma, like, just stood there, like, couldn't get the door open at near midnight. Just like, oh, God. But yeah, it's got to be It's got to be weird for the people as well, isn't it? Like, it's got to be really weird. I wouldn't want to share my house with anyone, even for 50 quid a night. I wouldn't want to do it. I think she's used to it, but, yeah, I would not be okay with it. No, it's fucking weird, isn't it? So, what we've discovered is that Stan and Duffy can room together at the next tournament, can't they? That's it. One tip, never pick. Team Stuffy. Team Stuffy. (laughs) (laughs) Never pick anything in life that you're purchasing solely on cost. That is my number one tip. Exactly. Value. Is what you're looking for, not cheap. Exactly. Value doesn't mean cheap either, does it, Josh? It does not. You get what you pay for. Don't go. It's like when you're a lad on a night out. I don't know if it's like this in America, but you go to a nightclub. You never pick the first one. You never pick the first girl to dance with. You wait. (laughs) You stand back a bit. You make yourself seem unavailable. 
and then you get your pick of the bunch. That's what you do. Don't just pick the first one. Don't just settle early. Yeah, yeah. take your time. You gotta play. You gotta play uh, hard to get. Exactly. Same with hotel rooms. Yes. Don't just go for the first one that's thirty quid a night because you think it's cheap. Because often it's a horror show. Often you'll be rooming with Bridges' mom. Exactly, or lovely old Scottish man who tickles you with his feet in your sleep. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, it's giving me nightmares. It's giving me nightmares, to be honest. on that note, I think we better call it because it is now an hour and 35 minutes into the show and my editing eyes are going to burn to bits. Just don't edit. Just edit out the stuff where we pause and that. Just don't bother editing the rest. Just leave it in, see if people enjoy it. All right. You heard it. We'll, if, we'll there's, get, we'll, if there's something in the show you didn't like, it's Bowen's fault. Exactly, and we'll push Duffy out as well. All right. Well, shall we uh, say the thing? Well, please how, do. How does he? How does he get us to say the thing? What does he say? Okay, and blah blah blah. We've got frisbees at the shop and stuff, and always remember to keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Keep it in the change, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to In The Chains. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel to view our round videos and course fly-throughs. And hit subscribe there, too. Until next time, keep it in the chains.